What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua Stein of the J. Stein Law Firm, a plaintiff's personal injury firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And welcome to the next episode of Sports and Torts, where each week we talk with our friends, peers, and colleagues on sports, law, and business. Today, we are recording our 10th episode. I promised myself when I started this podcast, I was going to do at least five. But now that we're past five, I'm having too much fun. We're going to keep on going. So to celebrate our 10th episode, we're doing something a little differently today. Today is going to be what what we're calling the food episode. We're going to weave in some business and weave in some sports, but it's going to be a lot of food talk. So with me today are three of my very good friends, Will Chen, Mez Shabora, and Darsha Patel. Guys, welcome. How are you doing? Thanks for having us, Josh. Excited to be here. Oh, look at that. Boom, boom, boom. Right out of it. I like it. So uh, why, why these guys in food? Well, a lot of you guys know Will Chen, uh, owner of multiple Virginia ramen bars, ramen bars Excuse me, here in town. So we want to talk to him about that. Uh, Darsit's involved in many businesses, grew up in the food industry, likes to eat like me, so he's perfect. And then uh, Mej, same thing, man. Me and you... Uh, all about the food and we like we like the experience with the food so um the four of us and then another one of our friends lawrence kessler um i don't know if we call it a lunch club or, or, or just just a, an excuse to get together um you know we try once a month um to get together and go to different places and so try new things and so today was one of our days to meet for february uh and these guys were nice enough to let me put a microphone in front of their face and said, hey, if we're going to get together and eat, I'm going to record this and we're going to talk about it. So that's what we're doing. We ordered Jerusalem Bakery. We, we brought it in. We usually go to the places because that's you know, you know, a good part of the experience. But for today, we audibled a little bit. Uh, we brought in Jerusalem Bakery. Um, we just ate it. Delicious. Mej, you introduced me. I, I don't know about the other guys, but I didn't know about Jerusalem Bakery until you introduced me to it. So um, talk about the place, talk about what we ordered uh, and, and, you know, why, why does we love going there? That's yeah, it's, it's delicious. First of all, um, it really first started as a bakery. We, we, we first gravitated towards it for the bread, the pita bread, they make it fresh every morning and it is amazing. So we used to get it shipped out from different places. So it was great to have somebody here in Atlanta that actually makes fresh bread. And then they started expanding into the restaurant um, which is basically just a, a, a nice pivot of, uh, to add to the bread. Um, they have great, great food. We had the, um, the mixed sh- shawarma platter, which is my favorite. It's, you know, the shawarma, if you guys are not familiar with it, it's like a gyro, but it's made with fresh meat. It's not frozen and it rotates on, on, on a grill uh, vertically. So it was really delicious. So all the juices flow down. And they put it. hummus with that. They put rice <clears> with that. I mean, it's, it's salad, a, it's a salad, hummus, and uh, baba ganoush, which is the eggplant based. So what is baba ganoush? I mean, I, I, don't, I probably don't say the word correctly and I don't really know what it is. Dana likes it. So literally baba ganoush means the ticklish father. So it's kind of, it's, it's very funny kind of a word. I think it origins goes back to more Turkish, Persian, but it's really, it's an eggplant based. It's roasted eggplant with onions, garlic, and tahini. Now, I guess I should have led with, you're from Israel. <clears throat> yes, I was born and raised in Jerusalem. Yeah, yes. so, so you have, you grew up with this kind of food. It was, so, flows in my veins. Flows in your veins, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a smart man. Um, 
And we got some kebabs. Am I saying, we got some saying? kebabs as well. So we got two two different kebabs. You got the, the, the beef kebab, and they also have a special, it's the spicy chicken kebab. I feel like I'm a commercial. I'm about to say, the, the bakery. commercial, but I do, I do like setting the stage for what we're eating. So uh, yeah, they, they do need to hire you for a commercial. Now, now Darcet, me and you were talking this morning about kind of when we first started doing this. And uh, like most things in a lot of our, our lives, it goes back to drinking a bottle of wine or drinking a, a, some bourbon and you start getting some ideas. So um, this lunch club, we'll call it. Why don't you talk about kind of what we do and how we first decided to get together to do these kinds of things? Um, so I think the way, if I remember correctly, the way it started, I think you and Dana came to our house and we've got a pretty large uh, wine collection. So we just started drinking and that one thing led to another at that point. And I don't and know. My collection became much smaller by the time we left. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, basically, we started talking about food somehow. And then the people that you know, the people that I know, and somehow at that point, we're like, why don't we do a lunch club once a month and kind of enjoy everybody's food that we've never visited or anything like that? And then I was like, you know what? Number one, great idea. Number two, me and Will Chen and Mej, we like to get together and kind of, kind of do the kind of stuff. I'm like, you know, Will? And you're like, Come on, man. Of course I know Will. Everybody knows Will. I'm like, well, let's just combine all this together. So, Will, we, we were kind of doing a very similar thing. I mean, you introduced me to right. all sorts of different types of food. Right. Um, so, so talk about that. Well, I, I just remember the first, uh, the first one we really got together was at the, the Thrill Korean Barbecue. I think that was – you've been to Korean Barbecue before, but it could kind of be overwhelming knowing what to order or what to do. So you guys trusted me with that. So I, I appreciate that. So I, I remember us just ordering all you can eat. We had steak, we had chicken. Um, you know, what's, what's better than having the grill right there and eating right off the grill. So that, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty fun. We, we rolled in there. It was new. You, you knew the owners or had, were friendly with the managers or something. Right. Um, and we said, all right, you got the car keys. We're going to just sit here and eat. You order, you do everything, which that's the way I like to do. I like to do that. I like to outsource all that to somebody else. And you ordered a, um, like a sesame oil. Yeah. You know, some local knowledge off the menu. So, so yeah, not a lot of places do it anymore, but you could ask for um, salt and, and sesame oil to go with your meat, and, and that just brings out the flavor of, of that meat um, that most people don't know about unless they ask for it. So. So, so from there, we're like, well, this is a lot of fun. And you're like, I got all sorts of other stuff. I, we can do sushi. We can right. do other, plus, uh, other, other places. So um, I'm not as good at remembering some of the places that we've gone to or some places we need to go to. But there's that one sushi restaurant we went to. So that sushi place um, off Beaufort Highway is called uh, Gangnam. Um, so it's a Korean-Japanese um, style of sushi. So I think um, that day we went with one of their course meals. So it was like $25 a person. And we had like a 10 course meal. So they brought you sushi. They gave us um, um, fish, uh, 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 fried fish, I think. And um, I think they had a soup as well. Yep, a pumpkin soup to start you off. So and you good. wanted the rice first. Yes. So usually the, the reason He's a professional. why. He yes. knows his way around a menu. He knows so the order. Usually they bring the rice at the end just in case you weren't full enough. But for me, I, I like to have the rice at the beginning to eat with, you know, the fish, the uh, the other stuff that we got, but that yeah. And then had the colored uh, fish roll on top as well. Oh yeah, three four different colors. That, that was awesome. That was pretty good. That that place is right off Beaver Highway. What is it with Beaver Highway that's just the hotbed for all these restaurants? I don't know. I mean, growing up, um, you know, this was 30, 40 years ago when I first moved to Atlanta. 
Buford Highway wasn't what it is today, but it was always the place where we went shopping or went eating. Um, you know, the options back then wasn't as, uh, as much as now, but um, it's just like an international highway. You've got different mix of ethnicities uh, off, off Buford Highway. Yeah, my, 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 both my parents grew up kind of in that area, and my grandma... She, she still lives over there, and she would always tell us, she called that the melting pot of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of all the different, Truly is. You, know, uh, you know, people came together, and you can, I mean, it's, it's still that way. Um, and we've gone to a bunch of different places. Mesh, think of some of the places we've, we've gone to out there. Um, one, of the, one of my favorite places up there is the food terminal. Mm-hmm. I, that, that was kind of a, I think it's more of a Malaysian influence right. place, but it was really good, and they had a lot of selection of, of variety of food, and that's... If you've seen their menu, it's it's made like a magazine. It is. So everything's pictures, so you know exactly what you're getting and what it looks like. You know, some people tend to order based off pictures, and they do a great job of that. Well, that's one of the things that that worries me is when you go to these restaurants and it's not in English. Yeah. Right. The menu is 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 in you know Chinese or whatever it might right. be. Um, I've been to places with you before. I'm like, Will, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> Talk to me. So, what, what, in, in those situations, I mean, do you, do you you know, rely on the waiter? Do you go by pictures? What, what's the best way to go about it? Usually the, the, the staff are very friendly and they help guide you. I mean, they'll know if you don't know what you're doing or if you're fish out of water and they'll try to guide you in the right place. I, I personally have never been cheated or done wrong, even when they can communicate very little. Um, you just go with it and trust them. They want you to... Exp- the, the greatest thing about it, I think any any person that loves culture and loves food wants you to enjoy their culture and the way to do that is through the food, for the most part. Anywhere you go in the world when you travel, you always gravitate towards the food. Yeah. So as a person, they're not going to make you... Well, I think that's what gravitated us together, is that we come from different cultures and can bring different understanding right. and knowledge of places we grew up and things that we've been um, accustomed to. I mean, uh, Darcet, you were talking about the, the Indian place. I've not been with you two yet. I know you took Will. What was that place again? Yeah, so I took Will. This is a couple of years now. Yeah. Right? A place called Zyka over in Decatur, and we ordered maybe a couple things. I said, just try a bite of a little bit of everything, and before we knew it, he ate everything, right. <laughs> every bowl. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it would have been a place I would never gone by myself, but because I went with Darset, I mean, I had an amazing experience. I mean, that Decatur area, you know, it seems like little Indian town, you know, owned by the Patels. <laughs> Do you have anything to do with that, no, Darset? No, no. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, hey, I, he can get his reservations over there. Right. right? That's right. right. <laughs> so that, yeah, I mean, the, you just hit the nail on the head. It's, it's not having the exposure to the places, not knowing where to go, being afraid to go in there or the wrong thing. So I think the idea of all of us was each time someone else was responsible for picking the place. Right. Um, I think I've probably been the worst at actually doing that. I'm always like, Hey, Will, Hey, Mesh, Hey, yeah. Darcy. What's next? What's next? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but one of y'all, uh, the Caribbean place. Darset, that was... Oh, a Tassa. It's yeah. over here. Um, I don't know. It's, I forgot the, it's over on the Power loop. Ferry, yeah. Terra Mill area. But it's it's a uh, like a Trinidad place, and it's got a lot of uh, flavors that come back from a lot of Indian culture um, flavors there. Yeah, I, mean, I think the takeaway is that there's so much in the city untapped restaurants that... You know, we all live in East Cobb, and you kind of get stuck going to the same, you know, three or four places, which are great, but there's so much more out there um, to go check out. So let's keep doing it. Let's make let's make it a deal where we keep getting out there and, um, you know, try these new places. I went to a place Saturday night, Taverna Planca. 
Y'all heard of that place? Yeah. Y'all been there? Been place, there. Yeah. Yeah. So we went with people y'all know. The Morans went. Um, Glickman's went. Uh, our friends the Stearns went. Our friends the Hills went. Um, I have not been there in like 20, 30 years. It's been there forever. Have you ever been, Will? No, I haven't. Have you been? Have you been? I've been. I've been there. Oh, been, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, for a place to last for that long, you know, it's got to have some sort of good formula. And so what their formula is, you go at night, right? maybe they're during the day, I don't know, but at night, it's like a club slash restaurant. Yeah. So you walk in, you have these big tables, they're pumping music in the entire time. Yeah. The yeah. waiter, the, the, they got the belly dancers that run around. Yeah. And then the, the waiters run around, they start throwing these napkins in the air. Yeah, And yeah. The, it, it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like raining napkins. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like a, you know, the old strip club, like, you know, making it rain. <laughs> making it rain. Bill. Making it rain. Not, not that we've ever been in one of those before, but I, I, don't know what I, you're talking I, about. I, I do hear that's what happens. Um, and, and that's what they do. They make it a huge party. And like I said, music's going. And then after you're done eating, they almost encourage you to get on, on your table and dance. Yes. Yeah. You, you remember that? Oh, yeah. So, you know, things like that. I mean, it's just fun. I mean, the, the food, the food is good. Um, but that's not even like the most important part, right? You're, you're having fun with people. And, it's all about the experience. I mean, I think Taverna does a great job because it is an experience and you go there and have fun and the food is part of the experience, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be all about the food. And I think that's the thing that we've experienced through our careers. Like we always go to have fun, right? And part of the fun is enjoying the food and talking about the food and how much food we ate or how much, how little food we ate. So, so Mez, you mentioned growing up in Israel and Jerusalem. Um, talk about just kind of the foods that are native to that land and some of the traditions that y'all grew up with. And you can't go wrong, man. It's the Mediterranean, Middle Eastern food is the best. There's so much variety. I think the thing that I really miss is the freshness because it was pure. It was truly seasonal there. Because well, the good old days. It's not like you can go to a grocery store and buy. Um, stuff out of season so you would you would build it around the season of what was available in the market and that's how they food but it, it also just shows the the quality of the freshness a lot of stews a lot of rice tons of bread i think that's the focal point of everything we do but i think i've had bread or rice for every single meal pretty much breakfast lunch and dinner and that would be pita bread and then hummus. Your, your your lovely wife Karen makes a mean hummus. She does. She does. We we always go back and forth. Who makes the best hummus? But uh, it is well, it, you it, and her. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. You, you want some free advice? Oh, I lose. I lose. Well, I'm saying you, you t- take a knee and just say mm. early uh, on. You, I was you win, Karen. Come on, man. You're better than that. <laughs> what what other yeah. dishes are, are kind of in y'all's wheelhouse? Um, my favorite, the ultimate favorite, which is hard to make, but it is delicious, is uh, stuffed grape leaves. So you take grape leaves and um, you boil them a little bit to kind of get them a little cooked. And then you stuff them with rice and meat and spices. And then you stew it in tomato sauce or, or, or a little um, lemon sauce. And it is phenomenal. If you've never had one, next time mom makes it, I'll have to okay, sneak you up. Yeah, but hey, it is... You got my phone number. I, yeah, 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 I where do. to find us. <laughs> But that is, that's the ultimate. It's hard because it takes a lot of work to roll the grape leaves and, and, and so forth, but it is phenomenal. It is really flavor. Now, Darcy, I know your daughter is big into cooking. Very big. So she's more of a baker than she likes to cook. She doesn't mind cooking, but uh, she's got an Instagram handle called One Hungry Kid. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, I got yeah, to follow. Yeah, give a plug. Get a couple of followers. Go ahead. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I manage it for her, but we, we, I try to post everything she wants me to on there. Um, she really enjoys cooking, so. That's awesome. Now, you come from a different background than Madge, of course. What are some of the inspirations that you had growing up in, in food and around food? So, for me, it's a little different because growing up, 
so different parts of India are different, meaning some people eat meat, some people don't. We didn't eat meat. So my first experience eating meat was in elementary school. The first piece of meat I had. So I thought that was the greatest thing back then. But was it, was it from the lunch lady? Like yeah. at the cafeteria lunch? Like, this yeah. meat is not what it's cracked up to be. I, I was picturing something a lot better than this. Oh, I used to tear up the chicken nuggets. I'm, picture, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing Adam Sandler in that Sloppy Joe's uh, video. Remember that? We, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm picturing. We had to get you a better yeah. first start with meat, man. Yeah. So uh, growing up, it was every day with home cooked meals from for my mom. And we, she never made meat at home until probably I was in, in college at that point. So what were the what were the type of food y'all ate? A lot of it was just a lot of it was roti, which is like a tortilla, and then uh, lentil soup and rice. Dad had to have rice every day, mm-hmm. and um, and then there was probably some sort of like uh, what we call shock, which is what you eat with the roti. It could it be like green beans or potatoes mm-hmm. or anything like that? Mm-hmm. But six five six days out of the week, that's what we ate. Yeah. Now, when I think of Indian food, I think of curries. Yes. Is that not really traditional? So or? where we're from is not, but in general, that's what we truly enjoy now is the curries, the chicken tikkas, and all those flavors that go into the meat now. And I think that's when, when I took Will to uh, Zyka, that's, that's what he really tore up. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you know which curry to order? Is it usually by heat? No, well, there is a level of heat, yes, but there's different flavors. They got there's butter chicken, there's chicken tikka, um, there's there's just very different flavors in each one. Um, it just depends how how hot you can take it, you know. I've gotten better with heat over the years. Uh, I used to like not want any heat at all. I don't go as a ten. I probably don't go where you go, but I do like I do like some flavor. Yeah. So my my son used to be the same way. He hated. Uh, Spicy food, and now he he has to have it spicy. What about in East Cobb? What's your favorite Indian restaurant? Oh, East Cobb. Mm. Um, there's one over on Terra Mill. What's oh man, Vatika. Vatika. Now I think that's closest to here where we live. Mm-hmm. It's probably it's probably the I think the most decent or the best Indian food around here, probably five mile radius. Yeah, but it is vegetarian though. No, so they changed oh, it. They changed so the it. owner changed, <clears throat> and now they serve meat. Okay. So now if you go there and get the meat there, it's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Now you took me to um, a taco place. Oh, yes. Which what, what is that place called? Because that was incredible. I, tacos, for me, it's like tacos, yes. one, wings, two, in one order. It's it could called be El, El Haruche Veloz. It's right next to the big chicken. That sauce bar they had? Next level. I think it's right? the best tacos in town. <laughs> I think it's the best tacos in town. That owner looked at us. We just kept loading up sauce. He's like, uh, guys? We're like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's our next spot. That's then. our next spot. Let's yeah. Go. See, I am contributing something. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you? Talk about culture You know, with, with food you growing up. So growing up, um, I, I think my background similar to probably Darset. Um, you know, a lot of home cooking from, from my mom. Um, she's a magic with that walk, you know, um, when we first, I remember first moving into our new house, she was trying to use the stovetop, which only gave out like maybe 10,000 BTU. I think it was good enough to boil hot water, but not good enough to really work a walk. So I remember us going out and we, uh, my dad actually bought her uh, outdoor, uh, stovetop that gave out, you know, 15 to 20,000 BTU. So that, that thing was flaming. So she, she, she would stir fry anything she had in the refrigerator in, in, in that walk. And that's, that's what we eat. When, when my friends come over, they ask, you know, what is this? And I, I can't really explain. I said, it's just something my mom stir fried. So we always have to have rice. And then usually there's, 
two or three dishes, usually a vegetable, a meat dish. Um, and then we eat it with rice. And, and that was the big thing for our family. So I have some technical questions about that. Sure. Isabella, one of her favorite foods, other than Genia, which we'll get to in a little bit, but uh, she loves stir fry. For Valentine's Day last night, today's February 15th, uh, we asked her what she wanted to eat. She don't want stir fry. She wanted to make it. I, I have a hard time, like the order of when to put the food in so that something doesn't get overcooked, something has its proper crunch. Um, right. can, can, can you help educate me on, on, the, on the best order to do that? So depending on what you're cooking, if you're cook, cooking a meat dish, um, you know, first step is always the oil. You want to get in that vegetable oil, peanut oil, whatever it is, heat that up to a good temperature. You don't want it where it's, you know, boiling, but you want to make sure that's hot. So make sure uh, two minutes, you know, and then that's when you throw in the meat, you stir fry it and, and get that nice heat going. Um, and then lastly, you would put the, you know, the garnishes, the vegetables or whatever you want last. All at the same time or do you, do you pace them out? Um, so meat, you goes in maybe two, three minutes and then followed by um, the, the vegetables and you stir fry that to, to finish, you know, with the salt and pepper and soy sauce. Make it sound so simple. <laughs> we, 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 we were struggling last night. Like, like Graham likes his broccoli crispy. Okay. Uh, you know, we want a certain amount of, of crunch with the, with the stream beans, whatever we're doing mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Some water chestnuts had to stay crispy, but there's other things we want to cook a little bit more. And so it's like always your struggle of, and then do you cover it at the top right. to get a little stew? Well, that gets, yeah, it gets complicated. I mean, you'll, you'll need two walks for that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're a one walk family. Right. <laughs> how, how did it turn out? That's, that's as good as we can do. So, you know, I'm Jewish, of course. And like our, our culture with food is, it's kind of interesting because some of our, some of our holidays, like you can't eat food or, or you're limited in what you can eat. And there's other holidays that like, it's all around food, you know? So it's interesting. Like, um, Yom Kippur, who y'all have heard me complain about before, you have to fast from, you know, sun down like before until, or no, no, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. when sun goes down until the next night, sun goes right. down. And, and that's the day of, of atonement. You repent for your sins. And the way that the Jewish people have done that over the years is you can't eat, can't drink, can't, you know, can't do anything like that. Um, which I don't handle very well at all, <laughs> you know, and then we have Passover, of course, where you can't have any bread. You can take it to all sorts of extremes with like no cornstarch and, you know, no chocolate, all sorts of stuff, um, for eight days, wow. you know, but then you have other holidays where all you do is eat. Like I can remember we go to my grandma's house, Rosh Hashanah, and she must've had, you know, you talk about two walks. She must've had 16 ovens <laughs> with like, you know, the brisket that would come out and then the chicken that would come out and the meatballs would come out and she would serve all those hot and then she'd serve another cold dish and there'd be all these, you know, vegetables that come out. So, you know, food is just such a big part of, uh, you know, of, of all of our cultures. And, and the other, the other big thing with, with, um, with, with the Jewish religion is latkes. Y'all had latkes before? Mm -hmm. Y'all probably all had it at some point in time. Mm -hmm. During Hanukkah, yeah, it's like a fried potato, almost like a French fry. Right. Okay. Yeah, but they make it real thin, um, and there's all sorts of you know reasons behind it. But uh, the big debate in the Jewish religion is do you have latkes as like a meal, like that be the central meal, um, like Dana's family does, or is it like a side item, which like my mom does, or an appetizer? You know, things like that. So, and of course, Jews like bagels and lox and, and all that kind of stuff. All good stuff. Bagelicious. We talk about bagelicious, bagelicious all the time. Bagelicious is amazing. We, we need to get Tommy on here uh, to be good. So, so anyway, there is a point to all this food conversation, other than the fact that we love it and we all, you know, have a good time, you know, um, and getting there and enjoying it. But, Will, you have, you have, you're working in the industry. LinkedIn calls you a restaurateur. 
Is that right? I know. I I think I changed that a couple years ago. I I slowly realized I've become some sort of uh, uh, semi uh, restaurateur in, in the uh, local industry. You are. No, you absolutely are. So, so, so I'll just introduce you a little bit with with your background. Georgia Tech you know, for college, IBM for twenty years. Yes. And then four or five years ago, started you know a new line of work. Right. So I was yeah with IBM right out of college. Um, bled you know big blue for. Um, almost 20 years before I stepped into the restaurant world. Um, you know, it was um, something I wanted to do, um, but didn't know how to get started. Um, luckily, a few partner of mine, um, you know, a couple of uh, uh, people I knew growing up, um, they approached me um, about the idea of Jinya. And back then, there wasn't um, much of a option for ramen. So let me, let me pause for those that don't know. So Jinya is your restaurant. Right. J-I-N-Y-A. Um, and what type of food does it serve? What kind of restaurant is it? So we're, we're um, specifically um, serving traditional Japanese ramen um, along with um, uh, small plates. Uh, what, what ramen is, it, it's basically a, a soup-based uh, noodle dish. Um, it comes in pork broth, chicken broth, or vegetable broth, depending on your liking. Um, and it comes with different types of toppings. I mean, you, you could you know, make, uh, 10 different dishes off the, the same ingredients, um, in, in the kitchen. Um, but yes, ramen is just a hearty, savory, um, dish that, uh, it's really trendy and popular in Japan. Um, and I want to say about 15, 20 years ago is when it made its way across, uh, to California, then New York, and then somehow Atlanta is always, you know, a decade Probably, behind yeah, on behind. the trend. Yeah. So, you know, back in 2014, when we were looking into something to do, it, it, it was uh, an area we thought might work if we um, brought it over. So, nonce to behold, you know, four or five years later, I'm on my fourth store. So the Atlanta market really, um, you know, accepted us from the start. So Were you we're, all the first ones to, to do ramen in Atlanta? No, there were a few that we went to, but um, they were either in Swanee or Buford. Um, not easy accessible from, you know, Marietta, but um, there there weren't many options. Um, so we thought that was a niche for us to try to kind of educate the market, what we're all, traditional ramen is. So, you know, the first store we opened was, what, uh, in 2016 in Sandy Springs. It was maybe 1,600 square feet space. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember going in. Oh, yeah, it wherever was, lines. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was only 20, 25 seats in there, and it was always packed. And we were just amazed at how people were wanting, you know, ramen in, in, in the city. They didn't even know they wanted it. And now they see it, like, I have to have it. Right. That's the way my family is. We didn't even know what it was until, really, you introduced us to it. Right. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, right after we opened Sandy Springs, a year later, we opened um, Buckhead. Uh, even though they're four or five miles apart, I think... The thing with Atlanta is you have these pockets of community that people kind of gravitate gravitate to. Even there, even though they were four or five miles apart, it seemed like the inner the ITP people and the OTP people, inner circle and out, out, out outer circle of two eighty five, there were two different communities and and they gravitate toward one versus the other. That's so. right. I mean, I, I've gone to the Sandy Springs one a thousand times. Buck had one. Maybe me and you went one time. Right. You know, and they're not that far apart from each other. So you have, uh, make sure everybody, because people are listening here from different parts of, of the city. So you, Buckhead, Sandy Springs. Third one is? Alfreda. Which that, you opened that a year or two ago. Yeah, that one opened right before COVID happened. 
Um, but luckily we, we survived that, that wave and, um, yep. Um, that was our third store. And just two weeks ago, we opened our fourth one in Duluth. All, all good so far on that one. Yeah, that one's, um, that one's popping. I mean, we, I, I wasn't as familiar with that area, but a lot of people told me good things. And so far it's, it's, uh, it's looking good. So I, I promised we'd do a little business talk on here. So see, this is, this is where we're going. Uh, my business question for you, so we can check that box, is you know, talk about the decision to add new restaurants and, and what goes into finding the location. And maybe Darcy, you can talk about this too because you're pretty good about finding spots for things and different businesses. But like, walk through that thought process of, okay, there's a desire there, there's a need there, I gotta find the right space, I gotta negotiate this space, I gotta hire people. It's a, it's a, big, it's a big deal. Right. So. When we first opened our first store, I mean, we were planning to just put all our time and effort into just that one store. But as we, you know, as we realized it, it was a very popular restaurant. We were probably too small. We need to go bigger. Um, and luckily, I had the right team um, together to help uh, make that decision to possibly go number two right away rather than wait two, three days down the road. So. Um, part of our decision was we, we had the right people in place to kind of um, uh, go out and look for locations and, and talk to landlords and, um, and made the deals happen. And f- coming from a corporate background, I, I guess my partners kind of relied on me as the project manager of the, of the projects. And then my other partner, Lee, he's more operations. So because we had our different um, strengths in, in the company, I was able to go out and explore and help us you know, grow while he made sure our current operations were up to par. So it kind of helps when you have a great team yeah, that you, you put you, together. You, you can't ignore what's already going on and focus only on, on the new stuff. All right, Darcy, your answer can't be, uh, yes, what Will said. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm smart, but you know, I want to hear from you too. Like when you go from one business to the next or starting new parts of your operation, like what's, what's the thought process? And then you can give a little background about what is it you do. And let me just say that, that there's probably gonna be a time in a couple of months where me and you will have, you know, just me and you talking because you have, you do do so much and you're so interesting, but just give a, a little quick overview. Um, background is, um, graduated obviously at University of Georgia, but did a corporate world for about two years and then kind of said, that's not what I want to do. And then we got into the gas station business at that point. Um, and really just at, at, for that couple first years, we just really grinded on that first door and then expanded from there. And once we expanded to multiple gas stations, then we expanded other businesses from there after, as we started saving money and making money and we just started looking at other avenues of income. So like the recent one, my brother and I, we, we do assisted living homes. Um, so we just different spaces that are coming up in the market that need, need a, there's a value to it and that it's, that's needed in the market. Uh, we, we just kind of evaluate a lot of different businesses. So what goes into finding a spot like, like, and either one of y'all can answer this and Mez, you can pop in too. You, you know, your, your background has been at, at Cox corporate America, but if you have anything you want to jump in, please feel free to, um, so when you say Duluth is going to be the place you're going to go, where you say the the uh, the facility is in Kennesaw, is that right? Yeah, the latest okay. one's in Kennesaw. All right. So when you when you decide where you're going to go, like what kind of study goes in geographically to determine it's a place that can contain this? We we actually do feasibility studies to see what kind of demand is needed in that market. Um, so we actually pay money up front to see if there's a need for whatever we want to do in that market, wherever we want to be, if the land becomes available. How about you, Will? 
For us, um, you know, growing up in Atlanta, it, it it's basically um, us deciding what pocket of communities we want to hit. So, like I was saying earlier, you know, Sandy Springs really specific, um, Buckhead, you know, Alpharetta. Um, now we, we're in Duluth. Um, right now, you know, all my friends are pushing me to come come to East Cobb. So many good spaces y'all you know, can be in. Come but, on, man. But I've, I've told come people on. East Cobb, you know, we're, we're known as East Cobb snobs. We're really particular about our stuff. So um, we are looking, you know, we're looking either in downtown Roswell or somewhere in East Cobb, I think would be another great Breaking spot. Breaking news on the Sports and Tours <laughs> podcast. So, Everybody that's been asking. So I do want one Junior open. coming to a town near you. Yes, yeah. I do want one open by the time Weston's Isabella, you know, is of age to work. I want to put them in the restaurant. So that's to work. three. That's uh, how old do you have to be to hire somebody? Fifteen. 15. You can start right, working so within two years. So the, the knock on East Cobb, food wise, always been there's not a lunch business. It's is a pass through area. It's it tough is. to, um, yeah, have people coming in during lunch. I think East Cobb is just place people just drive by during the day, at night and weekends. I. I I think it'll be great. I think families would love to to hang out at a, a place like ours, but it's just the weekday traffic is not there. The only thing that it's, I've seen successful in East Cobb is if it's Mexican or pizza or wings. a bank. Or wings. <laughs> or a bank. We, we have enough banks here. We have enough banks. <laughs> yeah. So, Mej, what, what is your go-to order at Genia? Oh, my goodness. I, I, am, I like the heavy broth. I like the tonkatsu black. So that's a it's, pork broth. It's a pork broth, but it is just, I think it's complex. I mean, just to, just to add, I'm not a, an expert in Virginia, but for the folks that have never tried ramen, it's not the ramen packet you go to Kroger <laughs> or Publix and buy 10 for a dollar or 10 for whatever. It's, it's a lot more complex and the flavors are just phenomenal. So Tonkatsu Black is my go-to uh, for sure. Nice choice. That's one of the more traditional uh, dishes, um, the Tonkatsu Black. Darsa, what do you go with? I get the spicy umami. Um, Got to get the egg on top. That's oh, also a good one with a little <laughs> kick to it. Yes, yeah. the eggs are, are, are and, to die for. And ask for the extra garlic. Extra garlic, <laughs> yes. Just don't kiss your wife afterwards. Yep. So, as, as you know, Will, like, Jenny is Isabel's favorite restaurant. And, and you know, that's where she wants to go if we, you know, where you want to go out tonight? She always says, Jenny, I text you and you're like, okay, I'll get you a table. I'll build a, you know, love, it. You. love it. Love it. Because we'll roll in there and y'all's line. I mean, and it's not because you don't have good staff. It's it's, it's a good operation. It's just busy. Right. Busy. You right. know? Um, and so y'all, I know y'all do a big to go and like pick up. Is that something that you envisioned or is that like kind of a... I, mean, I guess I should back up. I mean, the restaurant industry, well, all industries with, with COVID had to adjust and kind of switch gears a little bit. Is that something that, I mean, you can talk globally about COVID if you yeah. want, or just specifically, you know, changing no, business to include. When, when COVID hit uh, early, oh, let's say 2020, I mean, the whole business plan kind of just went out the, the door and we had to decide what we needed to do. Um, you know, there, there, our, our staff was nervous. Uh, us as owners, we didn't, you know, we had to plan on what, what to do next because um you know some people didn't want to work some people want to work so we had to actually close down for a few weeks to kind of evaluate what our next steps are so we ended up doing to goes um heavily for about a few months um during the covid restrictions i know there were local restrictions on you know um restaurants being closed and things like that um so we did that for a few months and and it kept us afloat i mean that was we, we didn't realize how, how much business we actually got from, from uh, the third parties. 
Um, and you then mean that, like the Grubhub's of the world, oh, the yeah. Uber Eats. Right. And then... Um, Any trade secrets you can share about dealing with them? They're not cheap to deal with. I mean, their commissions are pretty high. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Genia, um, as a whole, had a negotiation um, with them to lower the rates. But they take a big chunk out of your uh, you know, delivery fee. Um, but you have to have them, right? I, I mean, do. Like, I do. Like we ordered today, Jerson Baker, we ordered through one of them, DoorDash or Grubhub or things of that nature. Is there any idea for the restaurant industry to create their own internal? Or is that just one more thing to do? Oh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. We thought about hiring our own drivers and having our own vehicles. But if, if you just calculate the cost of all that it, it's just not worth it additional you know, layers the of lot, insurance the liabilities yeah all mm-hmm. that so it's still better to have one of these services to sign up for mm-hmm. and um but it does eat to eat, eat to your bottom line at, at some point so and not to make this a covid conversation because i don't want to <laughs> we're, we're tired of talking about it but uh mez your company you know cox that you were working with Y'all were closed for like two years. People yeah, that were. Um, I mean, I feel I feel like Cox was the first one making the decision in Atlanta, corporation wise, and then everybody would have to follow. Yeah, I remember till the day March eighteenth, they um, they came to us and said, "Hey, we're going to try this working from home thing. Take some stuff with you, and just in case." And then two years later, we didn't make it back. Um, so it was pretty crazy how quickly it happened. Again, not to make it a COVID conversation, but I think I think it shows that. You never know what's going to happen. You just have to be ready for it, for it all. But yeah, it was a tough decision, but it was the right one at that time. For sure. Last, last COVID question, which make it around the, around the circle. Josh, are your gas stations? Did y'all have to change your operations? Yeah, so we, I mean, now I'm sure you know, Will, that labor is a big issue, especially even today. And so we've actually had to make different arrangements, different adjustments. Pay rates are gone up. So there's a lot that's changed on since COVID and obviously economies of, of scaling now yeah um we've actually made some of the employees partners and let them control the asset so they're hiring and firing on their own make them more bought into the business yeah. and have more of a stake that yeah. was a, uh, in the game when I'm like, well the way we way we looked at it skin of the game thank you yeah the way <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to you, i'm like that's the most basic thing of all time the way we looked at it was like instead of paying all this high high uh, hourly rates or whatever, we just basically said, look, you guys have been, some of these guys have been working with us for a long time. We worked out a structure where they became a partner. And at that point, you guys go deal with the uh, employment issues. Yeah. One thing that, that I was pretty fortunate with was that my staff, you know, so small that, and my footprint is so small that I didn't have those kind of issues. I mean, I bet in the restaurant world, it just got crushed with trying to make those decisions. So right. good, good for y'all for, you know, making it through and providing, you know, great options for people. And I feel like people want it now, like especially Virginia, like, like it more now than ever. No. I, I mean, our to go is just as strong um, now than it was. Um, but now with dine in coming back, I mean, it's just, you know, we've been very fortunate that we're, we're back to where we were. How's your bar business? Because that one time you, you, you introduced me to one sake, you know what I'm talking about? It was like a, a unique type of wine. Right. I think it was a hot sake that you tried or was it cold? I it was cold. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a big sake fan. I'll be the first to admit it. So it was just a, you know, traditional cold sake. Um, I think we had it at Sandy Springs is when I introduced to you. And yeah, I mean, it, you you serve them hot or cold depending on how you like it, but it's it goes well with the ramen. 
you know. So a lot of a lot of people ordered the sake to go with their you hot bowl ramen. Image? I'm, I'm alcohol. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks anything. The answer is yes. I don't say no. Yeah. Uh, you, you said wine and, and Darcy's ears just like big. So Darcy, you mentioned your wine collection. I do want to spend a minute talking about you're building a house now, but your old house, the wine cellar that you had next level stuff and you're telling me like I, my wife wine just keeps showing up like it just keeps the, showing up <laughs> I, I think the next one we need to do at darcet's house i know <laughs> i know i know so is, is the new house have some plans for a wine cellar it does it does as soon as you walk into the dining room there's going to be a wine cellar in there, there. you go all right so i'll be inviting myself over That's right. early early and you got a favorite type of wine uh cab is still my favorite so napa cab too to be at that yeah. You're supposed to be in Napa those a few few months ago. I was, yes. <laughs> well, I'll do the trip again. I'll we'll do that trip again. Um, all right. Well, this is all good stuff. Anything else about Jinya you want to talk about? Um, you want to do it? Well, actually, there's something I want to talk about with Jinya because one thing that has always made a good impression on me is how involved in the community y'all are. At baseball field, sign. You know, at all sporting events, sign. Fun run at Eastside, sponsorship. I think me and you took a picture in front of Right, the right. No. We, so is that something you made the conscious effort to? Yes. To... So me and my partners, yes, we, we love giving back to the community. Any, any opportunity we get, um, you know, we have people approaching our bucket stores, Sandy Springs stores, um, you know, asking for donations for their sports program or whatever. We're always out there, you know, supporting them, whatever the community we're in. So we're, we're a big part of that. And, you know, this year we were glad to be part of uh, the Walton football program. Um, we did East Side. Uh, jingle jog every year um and i know you, um one of the golf golf programs um the diamondback you know they had a tournament at indian hills that we supported so yeah we're 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 glad that we could you know put a little back in the community and help, help yeah them. that's my approach to to marketing too is i i try to if I see you someplace, Mark, I'm like, that must be a good idea. I think I can do that too. <laughs> I just, I just kind of trade off your ideas. I'm like, Will, where, where are you doing? I said, okay, I got it. <laughs> um, and then, and then we've talked about different sort of online and social, some media marketing, which right. it's a tough nut to crack. I mean, you guys do a good job of, you know, being out there and, and in any particular approach that you take specifically to social media, social media. Um, we, you know, we're, we're part of uh, Genia Corporate. Um, you know, it is a franchise out of California. So they do have a corporate team that does a lot of our marketing socially. Um, so they do a lot of those Instagrams, the Facebook. So um, we usually go through them to do the online social uh, marketing. That's good. That's good. All right. So you mentioned Georgia Tech. I did. I did. I heard him. <laughs> you went to Tech. I heard him. I heard him. Uh, you went to Tech. Me and Darcy went to Georgia. Mej, a Georgia fan, right? Your yep. brother went there. Uh, yeah, I'm outnumbered. Are you? You're outnumbered. <laughs> you're outnumbered three to one. Uh, Darcy is wearing proudly his national championship UGA gear. I should have worn mine. I, I've got so much of it. Yeah, I'll take this off. Uh, I got a shirt on you. You are you are pr- you're proudly wearing your Virginia yes. gear, which which I'd wear that ten times out of ten for Georgia <laughs> as well. Mej has his trophy. Trophy husband shirt on, That's which right. I think wearing we, it we proudly. Are you are. Um, so, <laughs> I, Will, we hate to do this to you, but you know we we will. Um, <laughs> Georgia Tech fan, what is y'all's perspective these days about the success that Georgia's having? I mean, it's it's been a tough few decades, uh, I must say, being a Tech fan. You know, but you know, but cheering for the dogs is not that bad if that's you know 
part of Georgia. You know, a Georgia team winning is is who I was rooting for when when the you know when we played Alabama. So rooting is is not bad. I I I just want to say it's tough being a Tech uh, uh, fan right now, <laughs> but uh, we hope to change up the program with the new coach and, and we finally got rid of uh, what the triple option yeah <laughs> so bring in some new people run real offense so maybe we'll we'll be competitive so uh, you're, ha- you're happy for your georgia friends yes not like some of these georgia Tech fans that are yes. bitter and no, can't turn I'm, on sports center and you know I'm, I'm happy but but um the georgia tuck must must end after this episode i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Well, how about this? Me and Darcy and Measure just talk Georgia. You yeah, can, okay. Darcy, you have been to to tons and tons and tons of big games, um, and you take your family to a lot of these games. Tell me how all that started. This started with, with us traveling with the family. We've been a bunch of home games, but well, tra- back up. You're a Georgia graduate. Your wife, Georgia graduate. Yeah. So almost everybody in our family. My brother is. His wife is. Uh, both of our nephews are at Georgia right now, so we're a pretty strong Georgia family here. Um, we attend a ton of home games, but the way this started was uh, Rose Bowl year. I forgot what year it was. That had been 2018, 2017? Yeah. So we obviously finally made it to the Rose Bowl. We told the kids, hey, listen, do you want Christmas gifts or do you want to go to the Rose Bowl? So we made it a family trip to go to L.A. for about a week and enjoyed California, the whole LA thing. Now, this was Georgia versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma, the greatest game ever. The greatest game ever. Yeah, <laughs> I've said before that my my one regret as Georgia fan is I did not go to that game, but everybody does call it the greatest game ever. So you went, your wife, two kids. At that time, they were how old? At that time, he Liam was probably seven, six, seven, somewhere around there. So Ava's yeah. maybe ten. Ten. Yep. Are they were they into it already? Yes, they're because de- they've been to so many home games. They're already into it, so they've been a, really into it at that point. It became a whole family vacation at that point. So going forward, we said, "Hey, listen, if we're ever in a bowl game, um, we're we're going to the bowl game instead of instead of doing Christmas gifts or anything like that." And Georgia should be in a bowl game every year. We hope right? so. Right um, now, different levels of bowl games. Right? I mean, I don't think you're going to be excited to go to the you know Birmingham Bowl to play some you know crap team, but. Or will you be going to any bowl game they're in? Patel Family Four is all in. We would normally go to, yeah, I think going forward, we are going to go to most of the semifinals if we're in there. Um, even probably if we're even, even if we're in a bowl game, if it's a good city, we'll probably attend it. Yeah, and so what you mean for those that aren't familiar is, is the way that the college playoffs work now is that four teams make the playoffs. You have a, a game this year was in... Miami. Miami. We'll, we'll talk about yep. that in a second. The other one was in Texas, and the winner of those games plays for the championship. So you're saying if Georgia's in one of those two games, Team Patel is going to be there. We're definitely in. Talk about the California trip for a little bit. California trip. Um, I, I mean, there was a, that was the first time that our kids experienced California in general. So we, we did the whole um, Chinatown. Um, and that usually this is around New Year's Eve. So we kind of enjoy New Year's Eve celebrations along with whatever city that we're, we're in. And L.A. was actually fun, really fun to visit. So one thing I love about sports and college football in particular is that you can wrap a football game into this memorable week-long trip to California, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like the game becomes you know, the, the main event, but there's six other days that you're, you're doing things with your family Yeah, and you're creating these, I mean, it's all about memories, right? Like the, 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 the stuff you buy them for Christmas, they'll use it for, 
yeah. couple weeks and they'll move uh, on to the next. I right? can tell you right now, both of our kids vividly remember the Rose Bowl till this day. And they yeah. always will. Pictures yeah, they always will. live on forever. They'll yeah. say, when they're, when they're in college, you yeah. know, Liam's going to be like, guess where I was in 2017? <laughs> He's going to be the only kid that's going to be able to say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, what, a, what a gift to give to them. Back then, he has pictures with Kirby and Michelle and Chubb and all those guys because we kind of went where the hotel was, the buses and all that good stuff. And then Miami, y'all were there most recently. Tell about that trip. So that was another semifinal trip. We took uh, five families, went down there. Uh, my brother's family, our family, and a couple other uh, friends' families. And Kessler was down there, too. So He was, yes. Lawrence was down there. Uh, he talked earlier in one of the earlier podcasts about his experience. He loved it. He said, yeah, the, he said the stadium was great. The weather was great. What more could you want? It was awesome. And then one day we went to South Beach. So I think Liam, that could have been his highlight of the weekend, <laughs> seeing what he saw on South Beach. Smart boy. <laughs> <laughs> that Liam always was smart. Except his dad. Now, about 10 days after that, trip to South Beach, there was another game that was played. It was a small little game. It just it involved Georgia and Alabama for the small thing called National Championship. Uh, I saw your wife there. I saw one of her friends there. We hung out with them before the game. I didn't see you there. The hell, man? I, I had to take one for the team. <laughs> come on, come on. See, give an excuse real quick. See, I've been, I've been to other, uh, other championship games and we lost. So... <laughs> So it's so so you do, you thought that by you not being there, that's right, you were sacrificing your good time and your experience for the greater good of the rest of us. That's right. Well, amen, brother. Thank you. <laughs> it worked. So, that's right. <laughs> so what does that mean for future of, uh, attending? We I probably will not attend the actual national championship. You're done. Yeah. So you are a semifinal guy from here on out. Here on out. I love it. And I imagine you enjoyed the Georgia run this year. Oh, for sure. Uh, like I said, you know, we adopted Georgia being here, what, 30 plus years. And it was great. But my kids are all about it. That's that's all they talk about. My boys, it's, they wear all Georgia gear. Even my daughter's into it as well. So, yeah, you have to be. Yeah. We got Easton in, uh, or Weston in Georgia gear yet? I tried to brainwash them. <laughs> and it hasn't worked. My brother actually went to Georgia. So, a couple weeks ago, they came downstairs decked out in UGA gear as I was sitting on the couch. <laughs> and I look at him, mom's like, what are y'all doing? And Easton's playing off like, what? I already, I had this, you know? And my wife was on the side recording the whole thing. And they had, they had to plan it out with my brother to, to see my reaction. So, so we're, we're I was not on video right now. Me and Darcy have smiles ear to ear. The idea of your two boys coming down, oh red God. and black. Georgia gear. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, the, other, the other thing I want to talk about is that we all know each other through baseball, through our kids' youth baseball. Our paths may have crossed some other way. Um, actually, Will, I was about you and me met each other when our kids were in kindergarten. Isabella and Weston. And Weston, yeah. yeah. Um, which, looking back, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But who knows if we would have really gotten friendly like we are right. now. That, probably not. Um, JoJo, of course, and, and your daughter yeah. as well was friends with Isabella. But, I mean... Baseball. That's what I know. And then, and then and I coached Liam, and yep. they were on teams at 5U. So, um, you know, it's great for the kids, but it might be even better for the parents, just the, <laughs> the bonds that are, that are forged. And, and Mej, growing up in Jerusalem, there was no baseball. You never heard of baseball. Never heard of baseball. I mean, I, maybe in passing, but never really truly understood the game um, until I moved here. Um, and then, of course, got in, involved and just built a passion for it. And that's when the Braves were starting to come out of it and started going on their run. Uh, back in the 90s. Um, but to today, baseball is every single day in our house, right? Both of my boys play it. That's all we do. We help coach them. We help do all kinds of stuff with them. And 
everything we talk about is baseball and hitting and pitching. Don't leave out James. You have another one that's be coming down the path. A couple uh, you gotta years. Do it all over again. So, so Mesh has how old? He's now two. He is two years. He's old. He's two years old. He's been following his brothers these games for two years, and all of us are gonna be somewhere in the, you know, Caribbean in the next ten years. <laughs> I don't he's know, gonna I, be a Pinto field. I don't know what you're talking about. All my baseball family, extended family. All of you are going to be there coaching James with me because I am not going to do it alone. You know I'm not. <laughs> so the, rea- the reality of it is probably we're going to be bored, right? Our kids are going to be at wherever, uh, college, and be like, gosh, I sure do miss youth baseball. Hey, Mesh, what's James? What's his schedule? Yeah. Right? And, and, and you know me, I can't pitch, so one of you is going to be there pitching for the kids. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be throwing darts. No You'll worry. I'll come darts. out. I'll come out of retirement. So, so, so Will was affectionately known as the, as the greatest Pinto pitcher of all time. I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's Dude, all about hitting the bat. You it's know? all about hitting the bat. You, you, had the perfect, you had the perfect formula to just like shotgun it right in or like throwing a dart or something. And that five-inch strike I mean, zone. Yeah. Easton, Easton, and what, I didn't see Weston play as much. Easton was always a great player. But on top of it, like, you got to grab Will because you want that guy to be able to pitch. You, need you the want arm. the pitcher. So the they arm. were drafting for the dad, not the kid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, the kid's great. The kid's a great player. You got the added bonus of the day. Dad is better. <laughs> so what sports you know, are big in Israel? Um, so soccer is, is the main theme, really. That's all we did growing up. Uh, just whenever we go outside, just grab a ball and go play street soccer in, in the backyard with friends. Um, sometimes we had basketball, too, as well, in the wintertime. And we had, a, I was talking about in our school, we didn't have a big uh, soccer field, but we had a basketball field. So we would go out there at recess and stuff and play basketball a lot. But those are the, really the two main things that you would see gravitate towards. But has, and has India picked up baseball at all? Because there was a movie that came out a couple years ago. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. A million dollar arm or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. Cricket is still the biggest thing there. It's just, I don't know much about it, but cricket is still the, the sport there. There's So over at Eastside, you'll see a lot of kids playing. I saw that. Yeah, yeah they're right. practicing over there. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ball and a bat. Yeah, just a different way you hit it. You don't know the rules. You can't uh, give us a I quick primer on the rules. the rules. We'll stick with baseball, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a wicket. I know there's a bat. And there's a ball. That's yeah. as far as we go. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's funny if all the sports like and y'all's kids play all the other sports too, basketball and football. But something about baseball, you know? Yeah, it, he's it, bringing us back. What do you think? What do you think Easton's favorite sport is? So Easton, right now, um, he. Just got off um, winning the fifth grade Super Bowl team with uh, Coach Cristodoro and, 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 and team. So he, he really likes uh, football, um, but baseball is still his first passion. Yeah. He, he's, he's enjoyed Don't football. forget about our flag football undefeated season. Oh, we, I mean, oh, come that on. too. Yeah. So that's back to back, right? Um, so yeah, <laughs> Coach, uh, give a shout out to Coach Daniels. It's the year of the champion, right? We got dogs, Braves. Braves. We got y'all's fifth grade team, which was awesome. We've got the flag football. And now some, some folks, me included, are adopting the Matthew Stafford Super Bowl. That's right. There you go. That's right. right? I, I mean, he's, he's a Georgia guy. Yeah. Tony Michelle. That's true. Tony Michelle. Yeah. So I think the word that makes us quad champs. Um, <laughs> right? I mean, just as the year of the champion. So what, what's everybody's quick feedback from the Super Bowl the other day? I thought it was a, I thought it was an awesome game. I mean, I thought I thought the Rams really showed up. They executed really well. I was very impressed. Um, I, w- I was really deep down inside. I wanted the Bengals to show up, but they did not. Um, they did early on, and then they just fizzled out towards the end. But that shows kudos to the Rams. Yeah, go ahead, George. No, I was saying that I that team they put that team together to win the Super Bowl, and I think yeah. if they didn't do it this year, there's going to be some hurt. 
I think you're right. I think that they, they kind of went all in yeah. for this particular run. And good for them. It worked. It worked out. Yeah, It worked did. out. Um, I thought the Bengals were a great story. Um, I think they'll be. I think Joe Burrow is awesome. I think he'll be back. I think they'll be back. He's but, young. He's got plenty. To do but but I, I was uh, I was all in on on the Rams. I hate aligning myself with the Los Angeles fan base for many reasons. But um, got to go Stafford, right? <clears throat> yep, I was cheering for Stafford as well. Yep. All right, guys, we only got a few more minutes. Tell me some more places that uh, the listeners or us need to need to look out for. Good to go get get some good authentic food. Mm. I, I think we have we we discovered a lot of different things through this conversation. I think um, the taco place is definitely on. Yes. Um, all I can say about food for people that have not ventured out is don't be scared. Do it. Try it. There's so many different flavors across the world that you can try. And to go like you know, like we were joking about East Cobb, you know, Mexicans yeah, are always travel. packed. Branch out. Try different things. There's so many different amazing flavors, and food is a journey. It's not a necessity. I know a lot of people think it's just I eat, you know, because I need to live. It's really a journey and it's part of the experience. You experience people's culture, their passion, their feeling. It's so many different things. So try it out. There's tons of great places around. Um, you need to be a more commercial just for food in general. Yeah. I just love just, food. I mean, that, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was well done. I'm very good. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I don't know what else to add. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't follow up with that. <laughs> well, I'll, add, I'll, I'll put you on the spot one more time, Will, with you've, you've done a lot of overseas travel. Right. I mean, y'all you, would go every year some big trip. Right. Um, what are some of the places you've, you've found, you know, country-wise or city-wise that stick out to you? So Jen's brother lives in uh, Melbourne, Australia. So I... I remember that trip being memorable because it was like a hidden paradise. I think Australia as a country as a whole, it's got beautiful people, it's beautiful weather. I mean, their winter is very mild. So I, I just remember um, it was their winter time and seeing Santa Claus in shorts. Like it was, it was just pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, the food there, the people and, and just great weather. So I remember, um, liking Melbourne the best of uh, of um between Sydney and Melbourne it's just a more older city setting it's um and and the food um it's like a melting pot i mean you got all mm -hmm. you got asian influence indian influence um so uh i really enjoyed melbourne a lot of, of the mm -hmm. travel the last few years but um last two years been tough we haven't had been able to go back to Taiwan. That's where Jen's family's from, and and she's been wanting to go back, but the restrictions, uh, yeah, just prevents us from making did, that trip. Um, Y'all worked to Utah, right? Uh, oh yeah, over um, that was over the summer. We went to the Fabulous Five. There was five national parks that we hit from Utah all the way to Vegas. I mean, it was uh, a one week trip, but it was a lot. A lot in one week. Yeah, um, that that that's more uh, hiking, exercising, walking than sitting, eating, and drinking, right? Yes, yes. So, you guys, he's you guys like, been he, on international yeah. trips with the family? No, we haven't. No, no, we haven't. Me and Dana went to Italy uh, three three plus years ago. Yeah, and I mean that to me, that's the mecca of food and drink, right? I mean that's just that's just that's just it. And but we've not taken the kids. Um, we we need to. You guys go on trips like that? Yeah. So we've been to Spain for spring mm -hmm. break. We're going to Colombia this year. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Um. I don't know. For us, we've made a conscious decision a couple of years ago that we want to travel with the kids before they actually just hate us. So. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never hate you, but your point is that once they have their own lives, yeah. their own thing. Yeah. I agree with you, man. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of 
tired of the beach trip for a yes. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I get, I get the appeal. I know that a lot of people really enjoy it, but if I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to do something. Yeah. You know? Now the kids are older, so that's the the bet. Well, not for me, but for you guys. But I, because they'll enjoy it better, they're more self reliant. Like yes. I can't wait for my kids to get older to be able to take them back home to Jerusalem to show them where I grew up, what to see and experience it firsthand. I think that's the best thing you can do is take your kids and travel. I'm thinking that James on a plane for 14 hours is going to be. That's why I'm waiting. <laughs> they're probably going to be in their 20s, but uh, we're not going anywhere with James being two years old. And you've taken your family to Taiwan. Yeah. So we, we usually try to go, um, you know, every other year, um, except for the last two years. And uh, Taiwan's just a blast. I mean, it's such a modern city. The food's great. Um, you know, they get to see all their cousins and grandparents. So. They they really enjoy that trip. When's the last time? It's 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Just right before. Yeah, we're supposed to go to in India in 2020 December, and then it, you know all this happened. Right. right. Have you rescheduled that or? We've tried a few times, and it just hasn't worked out. But uh, yeah, we wanna we wanna go there to take the kids there. Have they been before? No, no. That'd be an experience. Yeah. So what are you gonna do in Colombia? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Your kids be with you. Uh, Actually, I don't know that January. So, so my wife's made all that January. I'll, 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 I'll ask Katie. Ask her. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. I, I'm just responsible for driving. Just yeah. tell me where I need to go. But she she plans it all plans out. It Jen all. plans it all. Yeah, out. I think there's some internal flights there too. Like we'll go to wherever and then take another flight somewhere else. Cool. Well, when you come back, we'll have you back on here. All right, guys, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate y'all doing this. I enjoyed the food. I'm probably gonna go for round two. Oh, there's still some leftovers. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for round two. Will anything else you want to add about Genia? about the restaurants, things that stick out to you, about you building them up and the success they are today? Um, nothing about Genia in particular. I just um, hope everybody gets a chance to come by at least to try it out, check out the, the, uh, our, our vibe, our, our you know, trendy setting. I think a lot of people like coming in just for, just for the setting. Um, sit by the ramen bar where you get to get to see your bowl of ramen put together, you know, come experience it. Um, and I tell people, you know, ramen's like, um, burgers and pizzas. You, you can, um, have your personal preference, but I think Jinya being part of that conversation when you talk about ramen is, it's good enough for me. Yeah. Hell yeah. And that's a good point. The experience there is something that you, you remember. It's not just walk in, get your food and be done. It's, you got the music going, everybody, your trendy is the right words. Good looking crowd there. It's all part of the package. Yes. Good for you, man. Well, um, when you open that East Cobb restaurant in a couple of years, <laughs> just just know that we'll be the first three people. And we'll invite Lawrence, too. Lawrence, Absolutely. Lawrence, Lawrence can come, too. Maybe um, Stein Law will be the biggest, the first sponsor. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's all it takes. Done and done. <laughs> for sure. Easy. All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for being thanks, here. Josh. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, if you enjoy this, please give us a like, subscribe. Until next time, keep chopping. 